0: All right, so my undergraduate degree, my half finished master's degree, and my seven years in genetics lab were like literally meant for this moment. So get ready. OK, so dopamine is a neurotransmitter that is involved in the perceived desirability or aversiveness of an outcome, which then like tells us of our behavior, dictates our behavior, either towards or away from reaching that outcome. And so the working model that we have about ADHD and how, you know, how ADHD works is that ADHD brains have lower concentrations of dopamine in what's called the synaptic cleft. And so basically when we have neurons in our brain, there's the presynaptic cleft, I'm sorry, the presynaptic neuron and the postsynaptic neuron. So these are two neurons that are sitting together, but they're not touching. There's space in between them. And the space in between is called the synaptic cleft. And that is where um, dopamine likes to hang out. And so dopamine gets transmitted from the presynaptic neuron into the cleft and then to the postsynaptic neuron where there are little proteins that are dopamine receptors. And so they receive dopamine and then you know our neurons fire and we get those neur- neuronal impulses. And so what happens with ADHD, again, we have less dopamine in our synaptic cleft, cleft the space between the neurons. And so the reason for that is for some reason, our brains, our brains take up too much dopamine into the presynaptic neuron. So there's like a ton of dopamine sitting in this presynaptic neuron and just like hanging out there. And it's not going into the cleft where it can then get bound by the postsynaptic neuron. It's just like sitting in that neuron. And so um there are there are two mechanisms for mechanisms of action that we have for ADHD medication today, and they both kind of target this effect, at least in some way. And so one is dopamine um, reuptake inhibitors. And so basically what those do is those go into these like little transport proteins. They like hop into the you know, they kind of transport them into the cell, into the neuron, into the presynaptic neuron, and they end up entering what's called these like vesicles. So they're little oil bubbles, essentially, that contain a bunch of dopamine molecules all in one spot. And so something like um, an amphetamine is going to hop into through the transporter into the presynaptic neuron, hop in there and start taking up space in those vesicles and filling up the space in the vesicles. And so basically dopamine gets kicked out of the vesicles and the result of getting kicked out is they get transported into the the cleft, which is where we really want dopamine to be. Um, Oh my gosh, I just mixed that up. Okay, that is stimulants. That is what stimulants do. So dopamine uh, reuptake inhibitors, what they do is they block those transporters. They block those transporters that are on um, the cell membrane. And so what that means is dopamine that's floating in the, the, the synaptic cleft, it's floating around and sometimes it hits those transporters and it ends up going back into the presynaptic neuron So um, that, that dopamine reuptake inhibitor, it blocks the transporter. And so when dopamine comes out, it cannot go back in. And that's how we accumulate a higher concentration of dopamine in the synaptic cleft, which is all kind of a good thing and what we want. Okay, so that's enough science talk. So basically dopamine is in charge of our pleasure, our motivation, and our attention. And dopamine plays major roles in spending and saving money because as ADHDers, we oftentimes, oftentimes have a very hard time perceiving that saving money is a desirable outcome. And so, like, we know, yeah, sure, saving money is great in theory, um, but why would we want to save for, like, six months of living expenses when we can buy this, like, really new, nice, shiny thing right now? Right, that is, that is how our brains are wired. That is the perceived desirable outcome for our brains. And I would say that our executive functions play a really big role here as well. So ADHD these days is really thought to be more of a disorder of our executive functions because we're observed to have altered structure and function in our prefrontal cortex, which is the management system of our brain. So executive functions include working memory, prioritization, um, planning, organization, flexible thinking, impulse control, emotional control and self-monitoring, and also task initiation. And so I think a lot of our executive functions can contribute to impulsive spending, but obviously impulse control is the clear winner here. When it comes to hyperfixation spending, I think this is a little, it's a little bit different. I think it could have to do with our our executive function of flexible thinking. And also self monitoring um, because as ADHDers, you know, we experience all or nothing thinking. We get so hyperfixated on something that we forget to go to the bathroom. We have this like laser level of focus, you know, forget to eat and drink because we're just super, super into it. And so that kind of has to do with transitions and flex- flexible thinking. Um, So yeah, and I think self-monitoring too, right? Having that sort of like sense of what's going on, what are we doing? What are we in the middle of doing rather than being super, super, super dove 100% in. And I would say that emotional control plays a role as well because emotional dysregulation can be a time when we are in need of comfort and soothing. And of course, shopping and researching can be, you know, a very comforting experience. It can be also sort of a dissociative, distracting experience that, carries us away from the troubles of the day. And so a dissociative ex- experience is indicative of a freeze nervous system response. And it's usually a freeze response is often where we kind of you know, want to disconnect from our current reality and we're looking for an escape and all of the stimulation of researching and hyper fixating on something can, can be enough to sweep us away. Some other uh, nervous system responses are fight, flight, and freeze and fawn. Um, and so those are protective states that our unconscious mind uses in order to, to preserve us in some way. It does something very important. And in this handbook, we're going to go next week, actually, we're going to go into an entire a deep dive into nervous system um, and nervous system regulation because it's a fundamental skill. And so I believe that there are distinct differences between hyperfixations and hyperfixation spending and impulse spending and I think the difference is this I think with hyperfixations oftentimes we are doing hours days months on maybe years of research on a product before we actually drop money on it and so really any moment where you are Researching something, you're looking at reviews, you're watching the YouTube videos about it, you're looking at comparisons, you are trying to make an informed decision, or you're, um, you know, watching, reading, learning about other people that are doing it or learning about it. Uh, devouring the whole internet, <laughs> that's my go-to. Um, but basically, you kind of created a dream around it. You've visualized what this product will look like when it is in your life and the ways you would feel different because of it. And I would say um, impulsive spending is quite different because there isn't much of the dreaming or the visualizing around it. It's more in the moment. It's more rapid. It's kind of like when you go to the farmers market and you see the cutest ceramic mug that you've ever seen in your entire life. And you had no plans to buy a ceramic mug. You don't really need one because you have probably plenty of them. <laughs> you don't really need another drinking utility device. However, you're like, oh my God, I have to have this. This is like my one chance. I must have it. And so that is more the experience of impulsive spending. Or, you know, also personal anecdote going to Target, you have your list, and then you end up buying $300 worth of scented candles, fuzzy blankets, and throw pillows when you are not in any way planning to. And I've also heard of a hybrid experience from some of my clients, which is hyper fixating at first but finding that you hit a wall at some point where you were just your brain is just so done with hyperfixating, And so you decide to just say, screw it. And you end up impulse buying without really making that information. It's just ah, whatever, just buy this one. It's fine. Um, so that could be kind of a hybrid in between. I don't know if you experienced that. I would say for me personally, the majority of my purchases and spending is hyperfixation spending. And I think for me, I don't know what you guys think, but for me, I think that there is a lot more dopamine for hyperfixation spending. Um, right, you you do the research and all of that that entails and then you add it to your cart and there's a little dopamine hit there and then you actually buy it and then you get the shipping notification, the out for delivery notification, you get the package, You you go to the mailbox, you pick up the package, you open the box and then you have the thing. And like all of that, every single step of that, there is dopamine involved in that process. And so I think, you know, you could spend 80 hours hyper fixating on something um, versus for impulse spending, it'd be very hard to impulse spend for 80 hours without bottoming, bottoming out your bank account. OK, so, 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 so exercises and reflection questions for this section are All right, you have your personal history. So having that, we're going to take that and dive deeper to analyze the patterns and see what's going on. So this is the question of what have you impulse bought lately? Um, Is there anything that you're hyperfixating on right now that could result in a purchase? Do you tend to engage in mostly hyperfixation spending or impulsive spending, or do you do both pretty equally? Do you observe any categories in the things that you have bought in the past or that you are buying right now? Are there, are there any sort of patterns that you recognize in your spends and your buys that really reflect um, your interests maybe now or over time like historically? And then another kind of reflection question for you is if you do take medication for your ADHD or you have a history of experience taking medication for your ADHD, did it help in any way with your hyperfixation spending or your impulse spending? Did it help a lot? Did it help a little? and how did it help what did, what do you notice what do you observe okay so for the money mindset we are almost done but for the money mindset chapter we're i'm not going to go super deep into this we're actually going to begin this chapter with an exercise and then i'm going to kind of give you the details and give you the reflection um what is it the the mindset the mindset shift that we're going for here so starting with the exercise The exercise is this. You get a piece of paper, get a journal, take out your phone and write a list of 30, 20 to 30, we'll say 20 to 30 things that you want to buy right now, right in the second. And if you run out of things that is totally okay, be indulgent, pretend like you have infinite money. Pretend like money is, (laughs) is flowing and you don't even have to think about money what would you buy and if you really really run out of ideas i always like to kind of walk around my house for inspiration because you know my brain is always like well (laughs) who (laughs) when would i not need a new couch when would i not need a new bed frame um so your house is is certainly a source of inspiration if you so choose but write this list Write out. 20 to 30 things that you want to buy, that you could buy, that you wish that you could buy. Actually, I'm gonna leave it there. I was gonna go further, but I'm gonna leave it there um, because I'm just really curious to see. And I would love if you shared your list to the group, if you'll feel comfortable doing that. I think this would be a really good way to start this work and introduction to this work. And we are going to continue with this work on monday money we're going to continue money mindsets and jump into nervous system regulation okay 37 minutes so i think i nailed it i'm very happy with the timing um and thank you thank you so much for watching this class and i'm excited for for you to to try these exercises and to see what you uncover what you discover and what you find out and please again if you feel comfortable doing so please share with the group um because i think this could be a really fun opportunity to get to know each other and really understand our brains and understand our neurodivergence so thank you and thank you chelsea for your comments um and i will talk to you guys later okay take care